0: Master Certified
2: Coach Christopher McCullough.
1: And an extraordinary conversation today with uh, people who are describing themselves, a panel of people that are describing themselves as revolutionaries. Uh, they're putting on a, a summit called Calling In. I'm forgiving calling in power and culture. I'm, I'm distracted only because I'm trying to pull up everybody's uh, different websites here so I can introduce them properly. First of all, let's talk about calling in power and culture. This is an event in September in Toronto, Canada, where you and really anyone related to coaching can participate in what is intended to be a revolution, or at least something that, that starts or forwards a revolution, in our ability to call in power and culture. You can Find it by Googling it. You can go to the Eventbrite site. Eventbrite is E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. Uh, Look for Calling In Power and Culture for more details and to register. There's a YouTube channel, Calling In Power and Culture. And the early registration pricing for this two-day extraordinary powerhouse uh, event summit is $349 if you register before August 1st. There's also a LinkedIn page. I want to let you know who's with us. Hallie McNabb is a PCC and a coach educator. She is the president-elect for the Association of Coach Training Organizations. She's also a, a leader in accomplishment coaching um, and uh, joins us from her palatial mansion in Canada today. We've got Johnny Manzon St- Santos. Johnny Manzon Santos, Try saying that three times really fast. Uh, A PCC. He is a principal at Leadership That Works. And um, you can find him online at Leadership That Works or simply by Googling Johnny Manzon-Santos. He's also on LinkedIn. And we've got Jody Sleeper Triplett, an MCC, who is uh, the founder of JST Coaching and Training, both a coach trainer and a coach in her own right. You can also, um, Jody, explain to me, Lucy... Um, how you are related to the Institute for Life Coach Training.
0: How I am connected to the Institute for Life Coach Training is that um, on occasion I have been asked to, uh, to run short classes on ADHD coaching um, to make them available to the students at um, ILCT great. because that's an area that is my expertise versus ILCT.
1: As a senior certified ADHD coach. Uh, but you can find Correct. out more by going to jstcoaching.com and finding out mm-hmm. more about uh, her work there. All right, Ms. Hallie, um, I think that you ter- sort of turned it over to me to ask more or less mm-hmm. normal interview questions here. <laughs> is, is, <laughs> is that it or is there something more that you wanted to say before we do that?
3: No, great.
4: Let's see if they're normal or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll be assessing you, Chris, on your normality of questions.
1: Excellent. As long as you (laughs) use the new PCC markers, we're going to be fine. Right. Um, All right. (laughs) So, Johnny, speaking of, of you, so, you know, there are a lot of people and there have been discussions, obviously, for decades about what is diversity, what is inclusion. You know, there's lots of, we're just uh, coming out of, you know, the pride season, the gay pride season or LGBTQ pride season. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a big deal. When we talk about power, privilege, rank, and culture in this day and age, in 2017, mid-year, what are are we talking about?
4: I think the context uh, as coach educators and in the coaching sector Um, what we're wanting to talk about and why we're using the term revolution is oftentimes revolution talks about systems um, that don't work for people. Um, And we want to point out how in our coach education um, sector, in the coaching sector, in the coaching profession, how there are systems in place that we don't necessarily, uh, we're not necessarily as aware of as we could be, and oftentimes those systems are in place because of the systems that are in place in society at large. So the same um, kind of dynamics around race, around gender, around sexual orientation, around class, those are mirrored and echoed in uh, in the coach coaching sector. And so, for us as coach educators to talk more explicitly and directly and concretely about power, privilege, rank, and culture um, is part of the revolution because it's been talked about here and there in pockets, but um, kind of on the margins. And so, we want to center those margins. And when we talk about power and privilege, rank, and culture, talked about at the beginning of the call how. Either academically or professionally, an individual can have power, or privilege, or rank. Like for me, as a PCC, I don't have as much rank as an MCC, and maybe more rank. Jody's always lording that
1: over you, isn't she?
4: (laughs) I know, right? So I was waiting um, during the the show when I could could say that. But so that's where you know we're often um, we often talk about power and privilege as individuals. But when we talk about power and privilege and rank coming from social groups that we belong to or identify with, like we all um, elaborated on in our introductions, often uh, social groups that we're born into, that's what we want to be critical of and really curious about and how those dynamics play out in our coaching schools, in our coaching organizations, in our curricula, right What? What, are we, what kind of assumptions are woven into how we do coaching and how we do coach education that may actually not be inviting people's whole selves and maybe not be inviting whole communities into coaching or coach education because we have what we like to say as blind spots. Um, and, um, and blind spots just like in our vision that we think we see the whole picture and there, there are whole... Um, Uh, areas that we're not um, being attuned to. And that's part of the revolution here, to be boldly and courageously and vulnerably and compassionately looking at our blind spots and giving feedback to each other about what we see as each other's blind spots.
1: Nice. Now, each of you, I'm going to go off script just a little bit, because each of you is busy. Right. Johnny's got an a entire movement to, you know, support as well as a a, a five-year-old in the house. Jody's, the you know, a, a empire builder and got JST coaching and training and an entire company to run as well as massive MCC duties. And Hallie is, you know, both a coach educator and the incoming president or president-elect of ACTO. So each of you is already busy. What is it that personally... Has you take your time, energy, you know, money, sweat, and tears, and bring it to this conversation? What are you doing here, Jody? Can we start with you?
0: Absolutely. I was taking my my deep breath because <laughs> this this work is so important, and um, for a few years now, having connected with Hallie and Johnny and others at some of the ACTO conferences. Um, it was so exciting for me to know that all the thoughts that were in my head were actually going on in other people's heads. Uh, in the work that I've been doing most of my life with the coaching piece being for the last 20 years with people with disabilities, um, whether hidden disabilities, physical disabilities, um, that's where I began my, um, my fight and the, and the piece of, of frustration that continues because of the lack of awareness Um, the ignorance, and I mean that in the kindest way, people who just don't know what they don't know yet, um, that need to be taught, that want to learn. And this is an opportunity for us to create awareness and start shifting from coach education all the way down the line um, throughout the world to improve our relationships with others, regardless of what's going on, whether it's a disability or a difference in culture, And I've seen too many people who have dealt with blows to their self-esteem, been bullied, uh, been uh, ostracized in in a number of ways, and feel like complete failures just because of who they are as a human being. And and that's what drives me. That really um, breaks my heart and it angers me. So rather than be angry, I want to be part of this revolution and help make that change.
1: Nice. Hallie, how about you?
0: Um, It's
3: (laughs) it's a multi-layered answer, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, My background, as I mentioned, is in engineering. And I remember very, very early on when I was still in school for engineering, they had a special group for women in engineering. And um, one of the things that one of the speakers that came in talked about was um, how in the world that we live in, complex world, um, he talked about it in a problem-solution type model, that there was no way that um, we could expect to solve the problems of our world if we systematically, systemically, eliminated 50% of the population base from the potential solvers. And uh, it really struck me, he was talking about women, but I think that in terms of something like coaching, I really think that, Everyone and anyone can benefit from it, and I think anybody in any field is going to feel the same way about their field. And so anything that I can do to make make our environments more inclusive, that we're not, I see it as missed opportunity when we're um, eliminating potential uh, contributions. And I think when we have these blind spots, when we have these assumptions, we are we don't even realize the potentials and the opportunities that we're eliminating uh from our pool. So for me it's about expanding opportunity to bring everybody into the conversation and what we get from that.
1: And is there something for you personally that has you I'm I'm hearing in both cases I'm hearing some commitments to a certain type of world or to certain groups of people? Is there anything for you personally, Halle, that that has you d- that has this be important to you, or is it just your good old sense of fairness and justice and inclusion?
3: Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I i don't experience... I have to with groups that I would suspect many people feel marginalized. I don't happen to embrace that feeling of marginalization. I was raised to be proud of every part of me, um, but I... You know some people are challenged by being gay, some people are challenged by being a woman um, and I can't say that I haven't experienced that, but I choose to be a champion for it versus um, being victimized
1: by it so. okay so it is so it's clearly a worldview Johnny, let me get you in here with a different question so It's an extraordinary start, this summit, right? Two days of people. And is there there some sort of requirement for attendance? Do you have to be a coach educator or a PCC or an MCC?
4: Um, It is, uh, let me say, it is a start. And I want to also acknowledge the different kind of work that's been happening over time in the coaching sector, but it just hasn't converged in a particular way like we're trying to do at the summit. Um, it is for coach educators, um, <clears throat> for folks who are in front of training rooms. Um, it's also for um, coaches who aspire to be coach educators. And what we, I think, all notice, um, people who go through our training programs, our coach training programs, is that our, the future faculty are sitting in the room. And we also want this summit to be an opportunity for people who have that aspiration to also come and talk about how to make these profound and transformative shifts in coach education and how we do it um, to join us in Toronto.
1: Okay. And is there, is there a desired outcome for you, and maybe Jody, you want to get in on this too. Something that, you know, is there an end game here, or is it just important to get the ball rolling and get these conversations going, or is there something that you envision as an outcome or next step of this?
4: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in, and then um, I know Jody has more to say. You're all being um, very
1: polite and orderly, and I appreciate that. Go
4: redhead. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the uh, there's one thing I we, like, we don't know it's what a polite the end game is, actually. Okay. I mean, we have vision. Uh-huh. We have vision. We have we have longing of how the world can be different. We have yearning to see um, uh, to question who gets to be a coach and who um, gets to be coached. Um, and what's going to happen um, after two days in Toronto is that we're going to um, walk away with things we didn't even imagine. So there could be work groups that form around certain areas that people want to pursue, Um, people could just have a a mind and heart-blowing experience that motivates them to look more deeply at issues of equity in their organizations and in their lives. Um, So that's part of what we're after. But part of it is holding the unknown, like we do in coaching and coach education, that what's possible is going to manifest once we're in the room, and that's why we're wanting people to, to consider joining us.
1: Wonderful, Jody.
0: Yeah, and um, great job, Johnny. Uh, you very masterful. So you'll have an honorary MCC. <laughs> um, as uh, far as is this recorded? As, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Johnny really said a lot of what I was thinking. Uh, but the other piece of it, and I remember some of the conversations we were having about looking at ourselves. You know, I have some great books on my shelf. Um, talking about hidden biases and looking at um, our everyday biases and, and what is it that, that we as coach educators, as well as as human beings, what is it that we're not noticing about ourselves that we can learn from others in that room? So, yes, I want to be able to take this forward and continue the action to shift coach education so that it, it then... Impacts those who we are training and how they are coaching and and so on, but I also want to be um, in a place where, when I walk out the door, after those two days, that I know more about myself so that I can be be better informed in order to do those things.
1: Nice. Um, are are you welcoming? Um, you know middle-aged or old white men like me who aren't necessarily schooled or, or very familiar with this stuff? Or is this more for people with some experience, expertise, or clarity about diversity? In other words, how diverse are the people that should attend this summit?
3: This is, this is well, definitely something we discussed um, because what we noticed when we were talking about, well, this is for coach educators <laughs> we were being exclusionary. And um, I think that in the conversations in my world, what I notice is it's not just coach educators and it's not just coaches that want to be part of this conversation. I'm, I'm having conversations about it out in my community and people are saying, I want to come. I want to be there. I want to contribute. These are people who study empathy and who are working with First Nations and who are teachers in not coaching but teachers of uh, students uh, kids
0: mm-hmm.
3: and so we while we want to focus on creating starting the movement in coach education our the our big goal is that this is going to spiral out from coach education to coaching and into the rest of the world so to invite all of the diverse voices we we can't we can't have a conversation about diversity we don't want to have a conversation about diversity and exclude anyone so people it doesn't mean that you have to be an expert in this we We are not experts in this. we want to ask questions we don't want to we don't we're not claiming to have any answers. Uh, we're not saying this is how it's going to be and so the more people that can be there and to contribute, the more uh, blind spots will be exposed so I think it's for anybody who has a passion about um, making a difference in this realm. As long as they know that we're going to be talking about coach education, (laughs) so yeah.
4: And Chris, if I could jump in, um, you know, we're calling in, right? We're calling in all kind of folks, and and including, you know, why I am thinking in this moment what would be special about calling in. Um, older white men to this conversation is that, first of all, there are so many older white guys in coach education that, by all means, let's be in conversation, in deeper conversation. I would love for the, the allies who are white in my coaching world and beyond to, for example, feel more comfortable in claiming their whiteness and what that means in a society where whiteness is dominant, how that awareness, as Jody was saying, and how that claiming and how that um, experimentation and claiming that um, would actually improve how coach education is delivered and how connected people can feel in training rooms and in coaching sessions. So by all means, it's, it's for you and others. Beautiful.
1: I want to um, continue to focus on, on action going forward. I know that there's a great story, Hallie, about how this uh, started. So if you could give us that in like 30 seconds, I'd love to, for people yeah. to know how organically this started. But then I really want to uh, sort of end today on comments about what we could do now and what's next, um, not only the summit but beyond. So will you give yeah. us a little pass before we go to the future?
3: Yeah, so this this movement started actually at an ACTO conference over two years ago. Uh, We have been planning and talking about this for two years. And ironically, perhaps, um, the one thing that all of us that got together at this ACTO conference had in common was that we were tired of talking about it and we wanted to get into action. So the whole goal two and a half years ago was let's plan an event. And so now it's around the corner, it's happening, but it was always focused on action. It was always focused on making changes. It was always looking at, well, how does this come into our curriculum, our staffing, our registration processes, even the core competencies. We've talked about how the, uh, there's assumptions embedded in there. Um, and so it's always been focused on the action going forward. And so working groups, people attending the summit, actually taking those, concepts back into their schools and taking a look at their curriculum, taking a look at who they're registering into their program, who they're hiring as their educators, and and actually allowing it to move forward that way. So I see it as a a snowball that's just going to get bigger and bigger.
1: Beautiful. So that leaves us with what can we do? What can people do who, uh, you know, clearly the first thing is go Google calling in power and culture or go to the Eventbrite site and register for only 349 U.S. dollars before August 1st for the calling in power and culture summit. But really what, what other changes can we make? Where can we go? And I want to let you guys know that it's th- about three minutes left in our time together. So have at it. It's free for all time. Who'd like to go first?
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Challenging assumptions is a huge one, and I think we're in a fantastic position as coaches. This is what we do for a living. Uh, We're always asking our clients to challenge their assumptions, and that's why coaching and reflection is so valuable is because you can't see your blind spots yourself. Um, One of the things we did at the keynote was ask people to make one commitment to take an action in their schools, Um, and one lady stood up. Um, it was a wonderful commitment that she made. She says, I am going to talk to all of my trainers around the world and ask them, what are the assumptions I'm making as a white, 50-something American <laughs> woman that I don't know I'm seeing? And she uh, she's committed to asking that of, of people around the world who she was responsible for training.
1: Beautiful. What else? I
0: looked at, at this... Um, as being curious, really um, touching upon some of the things we've talked about, um, for us all to go out there, for people to go out and, and learn more about others and not to do it from, from in front of a, or behind a computer, to actually be in conversation with others. And in, in those conversations, certainly challenge assumptions, but also learn more. Um, about what people are uh, made of, who they are, find out their cultural bios. I mean, wouldn't be amazing if we all started to put our bios in that format and learn so much, just as I was saying, wow, I learned about Hallie and and Johnny um, and about you, Christopher, today more than I knew, just in those few minutes.
1: Yeah. Really great, and Johnny, you got the last word. Got about thirty-five or forty seconds for you.
4: Yeah, no, I, tr- no um, pressure. <laughs> it, it, no, n- none felt. Um, in addition to uh, my colleagues, I, I do want to encourage folks not just to consider coming to Toronto um, for the for the summit, but actually um, to consider having a conversation with someone you would want to go to Toronto with and be in conversation with. Like don't have it be an individual um, decision, like um, who can you bring with you so that you can leave the summit um, continuing to spark that dialogue with a partner who is there. Um, So you're getting a theme here that this is done in, in conversation, in community. Um, and, um, yeah, that it's going to be very, very special. And the, the most special thing that I've experienced over the, the planning is I'm, that... I'm so sorry. We're going to have to leave without that because that music tells us our time
1: is up. That's Johnny Manson Santos. Go reach out to him and find out what the rest of that sentence was. <laughs> I apologize. And immediately Google calling in power and culture. We're delighted to have had you guys on, and we'll talk to you next time. Tired of presentations with no
3: impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Did dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience, delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com.
4: For more information, visit us online at ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest-growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619 630 2444.
2: Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol, and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.